Oh, let's go. Let's let's go, let's go, let's go. It is a Thursday edition of the Plank Show. Um I, I Josh standing by in the Brown Haver Studios. Good morning. There he is. Uh sorry. I I had to double check with you because as you know, karma slash life would have you. Um, I distinctly remember last week when one um, big brother, Joey Helmer, was on the show, and I was laying out to him my my way I go about making sure that I'm able to overcome the allergy world. And as luck would have it, Josh, I think my arrogance got the best of me, and I got hammered. As, with allergies, with allergies, as soon as I got home last night. Do you think, here's here's my theory and philosophy on it. Good morning, by the way. How was your how was your Wednesday night? I had a great Wednesday night. Good morning. And how, how was yours? Um, I've had better yeah. and I've had worse. <laughs> um, but here's, here's my philosophy. I think I'm allergic to Texas. I, I think that. I definitely know I have like cat allergies. I'm sure there's some sort of like whenever I was a little kid, the cottonwood trees where you ha- would have the almost like dandelion things that would be floating through the air. I was you got me around one of those, Josh, and you would see like Millhouse snot running down. It, it's just not a pretty sight. Uh, eight to like younger than that, probably like six to seventeen year old Chris was trouble. With that, because there was always one of those types of trees in my neighborhood. Um, but I think as I've grown older, I'm trying to connect the dots on all the times whenever, you know, something happens that has either not made me feel all that well. Um, you, you try to find ties to maybe things when you get my age or like, is it my chair that's causing my back pain? Is it? Is it my diet that's causing my indigestion? You know, all these things that you reevaluate. I think I came to the conclusion that I'm just allergic to Texas. I mean, I think once I cross the Red River, it's a it's an ugly side allergy-wise. Now, do you think this could actually be a real-life diagnosis, or could this be in my head? No, it sounds uh, absolutely sounds legit, right? Oh, 100%. Mm. I think I'm even more allergic to Texas whenever they – they do to us what they did last night. I was on the road with women's basketball, and uh, it was a tough second half. Played, played really rough out of the gates. Rallied, made it a great, great first quarter. Great first quarter. Fantastic second quarter. Now, when I say great, I mean from a fan's perspective, right? Uh, I'm sure Jenny Baranchak, I'm sure um, Chantel Osahor, I'm sure that uh, Coach Amy and Coach Mike, I'm sure that they had a lot of things they didn't like. But from a fan's perspective, that was one of those first halves where you're like, let's go. Um, and it was really fun. It, the crowd, they had a great crowd there last night. They were into it. But the second half didn't go so well. And, you know, Josh, as a as an NFL fan, you haven't had to experience this too terribly much. But – there is nothing worse than whenever you lose a game to your arch rival in their place. I mean, 
When was the last time the Chiefs lost an AFC West game on the road? We're going like Alex Smith era, right? Yeah, I don't know that Mahomes has I don't think ever has. Mahomes has. Right. I am 0 for 2 in Austin this year. Bro, I am, I might be 0 for Texas. Right? Oh, no, no, no. Ginny Baranchek saved me because we went to Lubbock and OU uh, women's basketball won that game. We went down to Fort Worth, got beat. We went down to Dallas, got beat. Um, men's basketball went down to Fort Worth, didn't go so well. Uh, women's basketball last night in Austin. Oh, so I, I guess maybe I need to correct that, Josh, because Lubbock and Fort Worth were dubs for the women's basketball team. So I'm about 2-6 and six in Texas so far this year. But not a pretty sight last night. Um, can I tell you what is a pretty sight? They're you may. building. They're building the Moody Center. Um, they've done a really nice job with it from a basketball perspective. Uh, I do think that as the University of Texas, they've kind of limited themselves in capacity. But in that same vein, you know, what What do you think is the ultimate number from an attendance perspective? Let me rephrase that. From a capacity perspective that you think a an arena like Texas has to hold? Maybe like 18, maybe 17. I mean, that's really pushing it, right? The, the the top end? The top end. Yeah, 18. You know, I it can't be much more than Allen Fieldhouse seats 16-5. So expecting okay. Texas at its top end to operate beyond even that is probably a little bit of a stretch. So maybe even like 12,000? Well, well, here is good guesses all the way around. And by the way, it's still kind of funny because I was trying to make sure I found the actual number. Every Moody Coliseum that I find is still what? SMU. Everything about the Moody Coliseum online right now is SMU. But, Josh, it's, it's, it's pretty wild because it only seats like 10,000. And that was a little bit surprising to me because, I mean, I won't – I won't lie to you. I kind of, I kind of thought that it was going to be just massive. Now, as I was explaining in the crossover with, with with Toby, there is the opportunity to add additional seating. Right? They have um, they have projection screens that line the upper deck and they cover those seats. So these projection screens drop down from the roof down to like that first row, of that upper deck. So it can house 17,000. But kind of their idea has been we're we're only we're not opening that upper deck. Now, I, I, who knows? Maybe when SEC play rolls around and Kentucky's coming to town or maybe has Kansas played down in Austin yet, maybe later in the season they have a big we are raising the screens. We're going to have the biggest crowd ever. I'm sure it's possible. But I was um I was a little bit surprised to see that their capacity for basketball was only 10,000. Yeah, I mean, I th- think it's a smart move by them to not try and stretch it and try and get it to 17,000 every night. It was um, – it's really well – I hate to say anything nice about Texas. You guys know this. Come on, right? You you hate to have to sit here and and, and give them their – 
give them their like tip of the cap. But I can't I can't think of any other way to put it, man. They have they have absolutely knocked it out of the park. Everyone that's involved with putting that. Now, here's two things that I can't attest to. Number one, Josh, I don't know what it is like around the outside. We went in, we went down underneath, got that NBA treatment because we're all going through a scanner. Never had done that before for a basketball game. Um, but you have to go through the scanner, and and you're in. And it is it is like a big-time arena. But – I don't know, like, the, the ambiance outside of it. Literally, it's right down the street from the football stadium where the drum was a little bit disconnected, maybe about a, what, a half mile on down the street. So they've got that consistency where the the games are. So I don't know what it looks like from that perspective, but I was – everything that happened last night, unfortunately for me, was pro-Texas, and I don't know how to handle it on this show today, Josh Helmer. They played a really good basketball game. They've got a, they've got an in, uh, an arena that I'm very envious of. I don't. I think they got me sick while I was down there. I don't know how to handle this right now. Everything's pro Texas except for that last part. Right, they got me sick. Unless that's pro Dude, Texas. Unless that's what the design they, of the Longhorns was. That that's part of it. It's like, hey, we're gonna get you here. And then when you leave, when you leave, you're going to have crippling allergies. And every time someone sees you today, they're going to think you're either baked or, I don't know, sick. Good luck. <laughs> have an enjoyable day. But, no, it was awesome. And I, I don't know how else to put this, but it really makes you want for something like that for Oklahoma. Is that a fair way to kind of put a wrap on it before JT joins us? I think like, that's I don't want to sit, well said. I don't want to be. I don't want to be, like, envious all day long, Josh, but – when you go in somewhere that your arch rival has, and it's that impressive, and they've done it up pretty much from what I can say is the right way. Now, I'm sure there are some nuances to it where people are like, they, they bleeped up this, and maybe it's gross on the outside. I don't know. But just from what people see on TV and what you experience as a fan, I think it's natural when you go into something like that and you want it for yourself, right? No doubt, especially given all the conversations we've had around here. You you have all these conversations about the LNC, and it feels like it's almost in some ways a cloud hanging over Oklahoma's program at this point. And then guess what? You walk into Brankin, uh, you know, brand spanking new, state-of-the-art, and, <laughs> I mean, obviously that's going to get your attention. It was, it, was an, it was a tough night all the way around. But – you know, you know what we need to get on? We got to take a break. JT Gasso is coming up, and the only time he had for us this morning was 9.15 a.m. Um, we need to get Leah Beasley on. Leah was there last night and just kind of pick her brain on on things OU athletics-wise and kind of what what can be done to help get Oklahoma something like Texas has. Now, quick, quick little sidebar. I understand this. You know, that's Austin. There's a lot of acts that roll through there. Um, and honestly, there's times whenever I go to events in Austin and I wonder if I'm still in America. I'm like, is this another – wow, this place is much different. It's like this is a whole whole other world, whole other world. And I'm not saying that is a bad thing. It's just it's a completely different world, and that's fine. Um, but there's, there's concerts. You know, I mentioned John Mayer was the first concert that was held there. Um, there's – 
events. Cirque du Soleil is is going in there. So they do a lot of things around it. It's a different vibe. It's a different feel. I don't know if you could truly match what you have at the Moody Center with Norman, like with the environment from the perspective of concerts and stuff, Josh. But I do think from a basketball perspective, that's what Oklahoma needs. All right, uh, enough. I, I, I'm, I'm done talking about it. Let me cleanse the palate with some softball talk. Joining us next is JT Gasso. The uh, hitting coach for the OU women's uh, for the OU softball team. Plus, later on in the show, we got a full AFC NFC championship preview. Josh, um, seems like everything's good for Patrick Mahomes so far, right? Feels like it. Yeah, looks like it's trending in a good direction. We'll talk to or we'll hear from Patrick Mahomes a little bit later on in the show. Plus, your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439, Riverwind Casino jackpot line 405-329-9000, and of course, as always, on Twitter at Plank Show. At Josh on ref, JT Gasso is next on the Home of Sooner fans. Hey, I got so uh, into talking about the Moody Center, I forgot to remind you we're at Cavens Construction on a Thursday, 405-573-3048. Amanda's chilling. We got all kinds of treats on Amanda's desk. I'm down for this. So give them a call. Uh, mold remediation. Uh, if you have pipes burst in the, the freeze, they've got you covered. We got you covered right now on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line with our buddy JT Gasso, who's getting ready. Well, getting ready. Practices have started, JT. How's the prep for the season going, man? Going well. We we just started uh, a couple weeks ago, it feels like, and uh, just hit the ground running. Just it's been nonstop, and uh, it's been fun. Uh, everyone came back in shape and um, really allowed us to kind of you know get after it. So, do we do we need to give a big old tip of the cap to Dane Summer and the job that he's done with him? Then, yeah, uh, no, he uh, he really left us in a in a good place, um, you know, in the fall, and and uh, they carried that over to the winter, and, and it's really just um, you know a testament to him and uh, a lot of the good work that he's done with us. All right, um, JT, before we uh, before we dive into um, all things like hitting related and kind of how you feel about this offense. Uh, I've obviously, I've talked to coach about it. I'd love to get your perspective on it. 20 person roster, 12 players who have been there, eight newcomers, a very unique balance. And in those eight newcomers, four who come in as rock stars, where they come from. How have you seen that mesh? Because of those 12 returnings, returners, literally all 12 contributed in some way, shape or form. And of the eight newcomers, at least four of them and all the, the, uh, recruits that are coming in were rock stars too. How have you seen that all mesh together? Uh, it, you know, I think the, uh, I think the one, the one thing that's been really nice is to have, like when people come in, it's more about the, the culture of wanting just to be better. And when you come in and you have the people around you that are working, you know, like you're, you're talking about everyone's working so hard. You have, People like Tiare that had, you know, unbelievable season and is just getting after it. And same thing with Jada and same thing with, with all the returners. They're, they're just working really hard. It's kind of like you, you just have no other choice but to kind of fall in line and do the same thing. So um, it's, it's been really, uh, really cool to, to kind of work with the, the newcomers because they really don't know what to expect. It's just, you know, you step in and, like, what's this going to be? Do I have to do things a certain way? Do I have to – hit like this or do that and do that. And it's what's been awesome is having those conversations about how do we maximize what you do well right now? 
Um, and then what can we add and over time? What can we add and what, and what are we going to, what do we want to get better at? So um, it's kind of been like this holistic approach of, of uh, developing the, the hitter as a whole, you know, not just, okay, we're going to swing and we want you to do this and that. Um, just getting people to really understand all facets, facets of the game. And that's what, to me, is what makes it fun. And everyone's really bought into that. And uh, it's just gotten better and better every, every single week. So it's been, it's been fun. Take me, uh, take me through what you've seen so far in Jocelyn Erickson. Now, uh, not, not any spoilers here at JT, but in my uh, preseason mock lineup, Jocelyn Erickson may factor in as a as a DP because what I saw in fall, she was impressive, man. But anyway, in all seriousness, what have you seen from the freshman? Uh, what's kind of stood out about the way that she's attacked things? Yeah, she it just kind of like I, like I said, um, she's really bought into development and getting better and um, developing her strengths, like making them even more strengthening those, but also working on her weaknesses too. So um, I think what you're going to find this year is we have like every single player on the roster can contribute. Um, there's going to, you're going to see a lot of uh, matchups. You're going to see um, just uh, like every single person can step in and play as you kind of saw in the battle series. So, um, it, you know, we talk about Jossie Erickson. She can do a lot of good things. Um, a lot of great things, and so can um, a lot of people on the team. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be it, – this has been the most fun. Um, I, I don't want to say most fun. I don't want to rank funness, you know. <laughs> but it's been really fun um, with everyone just just getting after it and, uh, and creating those, like, just the scenarios of, of uh, uh, who does what really well. I like that because the next thing you know, you'll get a text and someone's like, I heard that this is the most fun you've had. What about this year and that year? So well played, yeah. JT. Um, all right, so you, you mentioned TRA, and this might be a, a really in-the-weeds question, but I'd love to get your perspective on it. When you have someone who has had all of her success, right, um, I mean, it's, it's incredible to see what she's done her first couple of seasons, JT. What's the challenge like with the ever-changing approach? In other words – for her, she, she kind of knows how she's going to be pitched, but you know teams are going to continue to try to do different things uh, pitching-wise to her, different ways to a, a, attack her. Maybe, I don't know, if they attack her more up in the zone or, or, or try to jam her in more. How do you stay ahead of that? What's that challenge like for someone like Tiara who's already had so much success her first couple of years, and maybe Jada in that too? Yeah, so that's the, the person who really kind of um, – who kind of paved the way for that. I mean, you got to look at Jocelyn Allo because yeah. she had, you know, 30 home run season, uh, still on a down season. I think she had, what, 16, was still a, was still mm-hmm. an All-American her sophomore year. So um, when you look at someone like that who came into the 2020 and 2021 season, just guns blazing, like, hey, let's go. Um, it, it really helped kind of everyone see how they can, you know, pave their own path and, and, but still, um, you know, develop over time. Just see how, how good you can get. That's kind of one of the things we talk about is how, how, good, can you, how good can you be? How good can you get? And so, um, you know, one of the things is you hear a lot of not looking in the rear view. Uh, we're looking forward. 
And one of the things about that is every single time that you face someone, it's a new challenge. You know, it's not like um, any, like, professional sports and you get the same matchups. Like, you know, you basically know what you're going to get every single year, right? Um, With this one, everything is new. There's, you know, over 200-some-odd softball teams, and you're going to face someone for the first time, and how are you going to respond to that? So, um, you know, she takes a lot of pride in her craft and just knowing that – with with hitting, with hitting, it's it's a failure skill. You know, like yeah. you're gonna fail a lot. And, and I tell people all the time, like we've only had one person who was successful more than they failed, and that was Jossie last year. Because I tell you know we tell hitters all the time, like you're gonna fail more than you're gonna succeed. And then here comes Jossie that was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm, it's one person. <laughs> so you know, it's um, but that's that's the approach is just. Um, everything is, is new. Everything is, is a challenge. And, you know, we welcome those challenges and we're just continually just trying to learn and get better. Is there, this is such an unfair question. Is there a player that you've seen make a jump that's really caught your eye in, uh, in early workouts? Well, I say early, we're, we're what a week and a half away from leaving for a game, but is there anyone that's really kind of stood out to you with the improvement they've made from fall ball to now? Well, one of the things that was really cool was when we went back and looked at the data just and, and just seeing how, how people you know progress over the fall, every single person hit the ball harder and uh, hit it were, were more consistent in their and uh, um, how they were hitting it. every like every single player. I've never. I can honestly say that I've never had that before where every single player improved. Um, and so to just to, like you said, it is kind of unfair because there was a lot of great improvements from from all, all down the list. So I can't just name one because literally everyone um, improved. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. Just, just keep, just keep an eye. Like I, I honestly feel that you might be surprised by at least one person a game. I like that. I like different that. person again. Like, whoa, hey, who, <laughs> where did that come from? I like that. I like that. That's an awesome thing to probably have in uh, as a feeling for a coach. Hey, um, hey two more. Look at you, JT. I know you got to hustle, Kinsey Hansen. Um, I, I've loved the way that it seems like she approached things in the fall. I uh, feel like it's a big bounce back year for her. Uh, how's things going for her early on? Uh, no, they're great. Another one that, um, you know, just needed uh, needed to be healthy and was just how, how much that's added to her confidence. And um, she's crushing it behind the plate. She's she's crushing it at the, uh, at the plate, behind the plate. Um, and just being – she's very uh, athletic. And I feel like she got stronger. She's, she can do a lot of things. Um, and so that's, that's another one that I'm really – everyone's kind of – um, like ready to see kind of how she breaks out again this year. Mm, me too. All right, dude. Um, can, can we have our quick little off-the-air conversation? I, let's yeah. ask Josh. Josh, your overall thoughts on the movie Rudy? I like Rudy. Okay, can I give you a thought that I had? Thought is a little bit overrated. I Would you vehemently 
fight back at that, or it's, or would you? It's not like major league or some other sports movie. There today. we go. <laughs> it's it's good. Yeah, I, it, it's probably a little overrated. It's a solid sports flick, but it's not one of the best of all time. JT, there you okay. go. We've got three people on our side. There we go. The the whole point was that the storyline like was just a very basic storyline in sports. A walk on who play, and he didn't he didn't even know the play. He didn't even know he, he was offside. He didn't, like he was all over the place. So give me remember the Titans. Give me yes. The, I'll, I'll take the program. That's a that's a real football movie right there. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Program. Now, you were a kid, but I was I, – I remember there was great debates because they had to cut a scene out of the program. Do you remember that? Uh, so, no, I don't. That was okay. – was that VHS? How, how would they – they didn't have the behind-the-scenes features on VHS. No, no, VHS no. So, so, in that movie, in that movie, there was a scene where apparently they lay – in the middle of an interstate on the lines or something of that nature. And it's the rush of the cars going by him. And they, they, when the movie came out, that scene was in it. They had to cut that scene out because kids were trying to go out and lay in the middle of the street wow. because we were dumb in the, I in the nineties. Right. We would do that. stuff like that. Yeah. I never knew that. Well, I mean, full circle, we're eating laundry detergent packets now. Right. So, <laughs> thanks that much. <laughs> All right, JT, I appreciate you, buddy. Can't wait to travel in a couple of weeks, man. Best of luck at practice today, uh, today and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. See you, brother. That's JT Gasso. So uh, you'll appreciate this, Josh. I, I I think it's fair to say this. I'm not trying to, like, sound cool, but JT and I probably are as close as any – well, I feel like I'm very close with JT. Right, we will have off-air conversations about random stuff, and he's like JT's a diehard sports fan. So when he's not working and we, when he's not grinding, he's listening to us. So I'll get a phone call every now and then about what ha- what's this about, you know? And we'll go back and forth on it. So I'm at lunch the other day, and I get a call, and you know, there's about five people when they call, I answer. That's you're on that list. JT's on that list. Coach Patty's on that list. And so JT called and my daughter was playing on my phone. She held it up because she knew it's JT. I got to answer it. And uh, literally he goes, I got a question. I'm like, shoot. And he goes, what's your thoughts on Rudy? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, my thoughts on Rudy. And I've, what I've told a lot of people, a little overrated, a little overrated. Now, I will say, um, I can never remember the actor's name, but there was a, I'm looking it up now. There was a Charles Dutton. There was that TV show Rock. I loved the TV show Rock. Very short-lived, probably not getting the respect that it deserves. But when when Rock walks through the tunnel and starts the the clap of the hands, showing that he actually you know was proud of him and. And he got his moment, and that that moment that that he never had. It was it was really cool, but like one thing like that can't make a movie, right? It's you've got to have more to it. So yeah, it was a little overrated in my mind. Sports movie time though, not until June, actually mid June, right, Josh? We got to wait till after both World Series wrap up before we can get into sports movies conversation. Probably, though, I would tell you. Air Cover Solutions text line already on fire Pro- with this one, I'm sure. I, I would imagine, and top five in no particular order off the top of my head, 
Major League, Bull Durham, Brian Song, Rocky, he got game. Okay, confession. I've never seen Brian Song. Never seen it. Great movie. Um, great movie. I, of, of course, my top five sports movies would be somewhat similar, except Beer League's got to be in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know if I'm counting Beer League as a sincere sports oh, movie, but okay. if it was, yeah, it's it's on the list. Is Karate Kid a sports movie? I mean, it is centered around a karate tournament. I think... That's a different genre. Right? Is this like is a hot dog a sandwich? Am I getting Red Dirt Sport into his trademark territory here? Probably so, but okay, we'll that's be a, careful. That's an interesting debate with Karate Kid. I mean, I technically, I guess, yeah, it's a sports movie, but to me, it's more of a action drama. Whenever, whenever people are fighting in about like three days from now on Twitter about whether or not Karate Kid is a sports movie or not, I want to be able to sit here and say we started that fight. <laughs> really, right? JT started want- it. Yeah, it's JT's fault. Uh, let's let's recap what we heard from JT Gasso. I got much more from my trip to to Austin to talk about from last night, including Jenny Baranchek and her post game and a frustrating night for OU women's basketball. We're we're pushing to pack the place on Saturday. Alabama's coming to town. Big matchup for OU to try to get back on track on the men's side of things. And you just heard the excitement is ramping up for OU softball. But your texts are next. Live from Cavens on a Thursday, right here on the Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. We're at Cavens on a Thursday. Thanks to JT Gasso for hanging out with us. Um, what What is this? Oh, a couple of quick air comfort solutions text. A couple of quick air, air comfort solutions text. Uh, very first text ever from the 210. Plank, as a now Normanite who lived in South Texas for years, you're suffering from uh, mountain cedar. A scourge down there this time of year. Okay. So what you're telling me is if I lived in South Texas, I would be miserable 24-7. Yardbird Ridge writes the same thing. The eastern cedar tree is pollinating right now in much of Texas. Many people, including myself, are very allergic to this tree. So can I fight this tree? Like, can I meet it out back after school and fight it? Dude, I'm not kidding. It's like literally I felt great all day. We had a great show yesterday, right? Hadn't been in studio in a minute. Um, thankfully, the, the kids are back to school today. Thankfully. But, like, everything was great. And then I get on a plane, get to hang out with some of my favorite people, fly to Austin, and all of a sudden I can't talk. Allergies everywhere. Texas, you, Texas, what, what, are we, what are we up to now? Let's see, OU Texas, OU TCU, um, TCU basketball. Texas might have us a little bit this year in sports, but softball's coming. With that in mind, the 404 writes, uh, Chris, I'm going to ask you to not do the Baylor softball games. You might jinx us. Um, I think it would take a little bit more than me jinxing the softball team. It might take the what was it the eastern, the eastern cedar trees. Everyone has to be allergic to them. What is this about from Gunny? Gunny writes. I found out yesterday you two are the most disliked duo on the ref. If this is any condolences, I love you guys. Well, of course we are. I mean, Josh, <laughs> how many T-shirts do we have made for us? <laughs> Zero. Are there, are there any like 
Plank's platoon shirts for the ref army? No. Um, what was the um, what were we trying to come up with that we were going to get rich with yesterday? Uh, weaponize. Oh, what was it? Incompetence. Weaponize incompetence. Right? Million dollar idea. Which it would have been fitting yeah, if we you. couldn't remember. <laughs> it would have been fitting for the weaponized incompetence shirts if we couldn't remember weaponized incompetence. Oh, is that not even more perfect than ever? And Gunny, you know, I mean, Ted hates us. Tyler hates Tyler. Tyler has his back turned to the show for three hours of the day. You know, I, I think Steelman likes us. I think Steel Steelman might be the only one that likes us. Steelman's in our camp. Thank you, Steelman. So we appreciate that. But I would need a little bit more in-depth of a study, Gunny, uh, before I get my feelers hurt on that one. I think Toby uh, likes c- us. You know what? I don't think he would ever admit it. I think TJ does. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I think TJ does. He's bashful about it, but it <laughs> is true. <laughs> I don't know if he's bashful. I think uh, – here's the thing. TJ, y'all, y'all think he's like this mean guy, nicest dude on the planet. I think he's hard. It's a soft. We hug every morning. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> nah, he's really going to get mad. Uh, Cody writes, when in doubt, blame Texas. Yeah, yeah, when in doubt, blame Texas. I'm kind of blaming them for everything right now. Uh, and then there's this. Is Texas beating us in every sport in 22-23 their way of getting back at us for beating them in the Women's College World Series finals last year? Um, now that's a fair point. We are struggling just a bit. Maybe, maybe it was our way of getting back at them for Texas beating us in the women's tennis. Oh, I don't want any of this today. I I haven't said, you know what? I'm not even going to try to cut it off in the past, but the success of Texas is a sign. They've, they're obviously in a better spot than OU. Stop it. Basketball arena wise. Yes. I mean, you got to concede that. And maybe with what they have on the men's hoop side, they're in a really good spot. But, yeah, calm down. I will be curious, though, because Chris Del Conte, uh, from the guy that gave us the tour, Josh, was adamant that they wouldn't be raising the uh, projector screens for, for basketball games. But I would imagine if that, if that want, you know, if, if suddenly you get into a situation where, uh, let's just look – Trying to pull up the Texas schedule here. You would have to think there's a point where they're like, we're going to open up the upper deck, and suddenly it's just a madhouse. Right? Yeah, you would think so, uh, I guess. If Kansas, Kentucky, those types of programs you mentioned are coming to town. The, the thing that obviously they want to avoid, though, is all of a sudden they do that for Kansas and Kentucky, and oh, by the way, there's 4,000 empty seats up top. Yeah, oh, exactly. even with those exactly. programs coming in. Yeah, you know, you, that that's why you want to keep it down to that lower level. Like for instance, um looking ahead here. Oh, their final regular season game is against Kansas, March 4th. Maybe that that could that could conceivably be a game for the Big 12 championship. So maybe then. But again, if, just kind of one of the weird things that they built in. I shouldn't say weird, cool things they built into it that that really makes the the Moody Center what, what I think is is what gets us more information. Anyway, oh, <laughs> God, he cracked me up. All right, um, 
It's 948. Do we do we want to start getting into the playoffs next, or do you want to wait and get a clean, uh, cleanse the palate, get a clean slate, and talk all things Kansas City versus Cincinnati, and of course San Francisco versus Philly? You want you want cleanse the palate and dive into that coming up at the top of the hour. That that probably makes the most sense. Joey Helmer is coming up at 11 a.m. We're at Cavens on a Thursday, CavensConstruction.com. Lots to get to. Lots to get to on the program. Uh, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about some football news. We had an update to our our portal exit list yesterday. We'll get to that. Plus, much, much more from the Air Comfort Solutions text line on a busy Thursday right here on The Ref. I will say JT did start something on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I was talking about how I was at lunch the other day, and I caught, got a call from JT, and he's like, thoughts on Rudy? I'm like, overrated. Always have felt that way. I, like, I mean, again, I like the movie, but to me, a great movie is one that you just sit down and watch nonstop. And I'm not doing movie radio. We're not doing that. It's hacktastic, but I thought since JT was on today, it was a perfect time to bring it up. <laughs> I, For the love of the game. Why is that not resonating on the top of my mind right now? 1999? Oh, that's Kevin Costner. Yep, okay. yep, 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 yep. Completely forgot about that. Um, and there's one Slapshot. Kenny from the 405. Slapshot is the best sports movie ever. Slapshot is a very good sports movie. Oklahoma slash Ice Cream Jones writes, best scene in Rudy when the big lineman is telling Rudy to calm down in the parking lot and he says, if I settle down – I won't be getting you ready for Purdue. To this day, that's what I call Purdue. <laughs> if I settle down, I won't be getting you ready for Purdue. Blake, I just want to know how the cat's doing today. That's from the 918. Yeah, how is Lucy? I went in to get my coffee this morning, and the first thing the cat did is jump on my leg and try to climb up it. <laughs> that cat really likes you. I'm telling you what, I had to kick it across the room. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Easy. Reached down, grabbed its paws, and I said, Lucy, we don't do that. Gave her a little pet. And what do you think that cat did as soon as I did that? Climbed up a little further. It, it tried to do it again. <laughs> it's getting, uh, FYI, 918, it's getting its claws trimmed. It's getting its nails trimmed on Friday. How's that? That's good. So that way it'll just, then there'll be like one little jagged edge that'll jab right into my neck vein and kill me. Camo Suno brings up a great point. Something to think about is just how impressive the Patty Gasso coaching tree is becoming. Very Bob Stoops-esque. You know, some, I, I think sometimes we don't even realize how incredible the Bob Stoops coaching tree is. And I think, I don't want to speak for, for Coach Stoops, but I, I would assume that much like Patty, there is a lot of pride in that coaching tree. And I don't think there's... Many of those branches off the Gasso coaching tree that she goes out and celebrates having to play against them. I think it hurts, right? It's hard to look across that other dugout. Now, maybe it's a little different with DJ, but it's hard to look across that dugout and be coaching against, you know, players like Paige Parker. The very first game this year for OU, it's just resonated with me. The very first game for OU this year, 
will be the first time that Sid Romero isn't in the Oklahoma dugout since 2016. Wow. It will also it will also be looking right across to Sid Romero in the opposing dugout. <laughs> How fitting. I mean, right? That's just that's wild. And Sid seems so young to me and here's this incredibly smart, talented, bright graduate degree in tow. Hitting coach is her first job at a team like Duke. How incredible is that? A program like Duke. Um, I think there's a lot of pride in what Sam Ricketts has done at Mississippi State. I think there's a lot of pride in seeing players that take a little bit of a different route, right? Nicole Pinley uh, is working on the operations side of things. So, yeah, I I think Coach Gasso takes a lot of pride in that tree, and you're right. The branches continue to grow every single day. Uh, and then from the 9-4-0, Plank, everyone is allergic to Austin. I'm here to tell you today, I agree. I agree. And, I, and I'm going to try to quarantine myself for 24 hours. Uh, if I say that while I'm – Amanda's going to get some of this Austin ick on her. I'm sorry. It's just you got to – if I got to deal with it, you got to deal with it, Amanda. But after I get done here at Cavens, I'll go uh, I'll go get in the quarantine area to try to get all of this Austin off me, and then we'll be good to go. It's a different world down there, man. Different world. But you know what's the same here? The trusted service of Cavens Construction. Call Gary 24-7, 365 if you have an issue with a water leak, a busted pipe, uh, something happens where maybe a tree goes through your roof. Chris is here to help. The whole crew is ready and on standby. Structural drying, water remediation, mold testing, which comes after the rains. Gary can help you out, 405-573-3048 and online at cavensconstruction.com. We're talking Patrick Mahomes next.